Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Quick quick timeout, Joe. Yeah, Archie. Okay, you want to come say, you want to say hi real quick? You want to say goodnight? To who? To the guy I'm talking to? I'm talking to Joe. You want to say hi, Joe? No? Okay, sounds good. I'm going to take a break, too. I've got some, I've got some squirrel cooking and burning. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, that's squirrel rabbit. Oh, okay. Yeah, another thing, yeah, need sous vide. you need there. a sous vide because that, that rabbit, you don't need to, uh, so I'm doing, um, I guess it would be like poor man's confit. Uh, confit is a, a French term that they yeah. use with like duck and goose. You're you're braising it in its own fat. Uh, squirrel rabbit don't have a lot of fat. So I use yeah. olive oil, but I'll seal it in a bag with the olive oil, garlic, bay leaf, rosemary, salt, pepper, and you let that go. I did 12 hours at 165 for squirrel, and it yeah. really just shreds apart. I made nachos with it. It's, I tell you what, that's the go-to right there. Well, yeah, I just, um, I was going to do a loaded baked potato um, recipe with uh, with uh, rabbit. So I was um, parboiling it. Um, and, yep. Yeah. Didn't have enough stock and water in there. Oh, <laughs> we'll worry about that later. Oh man, the the I'm glad you broke because uh, my timer's been going off and it's probably been 20 30 minutes. So oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you it was actually you saved me from burning down the house. <laughs> Take a quick break because I was like, <laughs> I give the finger to my Ball buddy. Game Wednesday fails. Yeah. <laughs> I gave, yeah, I was, hold on, Archie. I, I'm, I'm going to finish my thought here, and we got through our thing, and I was like, okay, all right, let's do this. So, no, shoot, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, man. You no, you're fine. Burnt, burnt squirrel, burnt rabbit. At least the yeah. house is still good. At least the house yep, is still good. Welcome to the Huntivore Podcast, powered by Sportsman's Empire, where we celebrate the hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos. Fork in hand, beer in the other. No status. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering. Just catch it, cut it, cook it. This is episode 139, Outdoors in Color with Joseph Jones. On this episode of Huntivore, Nick is joined by Joseph Jones, the creator of the YouTube channel Outdoors in Color. Joseph has gone about capturing his passions for both the outdoors, being a sportsman, and also being a father. Our talk has Joseph getting into why he captures his hunts on video, he replays a recent epic hunt for black bear, and how he enjoys bringing new members into the hunting fraternity. Per usual, we end up in the kitchen, where he breaks down a shareable meat treat and, of course, a date night dish. 
a whole lot of fun on this episode of Huntivore. Well, hey, folks, beautiful evening here in Michigan. I tell you what, I think uh, I think winter's finally coming, sort of. Uh, we've got like sleet, uh, like kind of snow that's going on. It it was cold. It was kind of spitty. There was a precipitation, but man, we have none of the white stuff. We have no temps getting super cold to put any ice on those lakes. I tell you what, we are stuck with just the uh, the small game woods, which isn't all bad. I've had a couple ventures out. I am now uh, two hunts in for bushy tails, and I've got two squirrels down. So I'm one for one on each of those hunts. Uh, at least I'm not getting skunks. No skunk going on, but we've got plenty of, plenty of squirrel yet to be had. But hey, that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. We're here for something greater. We're here to talk uh, with Joe Jones. He is of the YouTube channel Outdoor in Color. Joe, how are things down in North Carolina? Is it is it getting chilly down there? Do you guys have any threat of snow, or is it uh, still pretty mild? I tell you what, whenever we hear about snow, everyone, don't come to North Carolina when you think there's snow. When we get an inch of snow, everyone panics. The, the grocery stores are cleared out. So we're supposed to get like freezing rain, which is probably going to turn into nothing. But I've already heard talks of, of grocery stores already in a panic. Uh, but it's it's been uh, in the morning because it's been between 20, 25 degrees, which is, um, which is cold, pretty cold for North Carolina. Uh, but the average during January, and then it kind of gets up to about the 50s or 60s. Um, so winter is coming. Yeah, yeah. It's like that phrase from, what was it, Game of Thrones, winter, winter. Is yes, coming. I love that show. <laughs> coming. We're, uh, I feel like in, in this setup now, and it's probably going to be the same thing for you being on the East Coast, is that we're we're in the easy part of winter. This is the fun part, fun side of winter where, you know, the snow, possibly the snowflakes, but like everybody's excited for that first snow. Everybody's excited to go skiing and sledding and make snowmen. And we know that that, that Southpaw is coming, that the next shot is going to be not fun and winter drags on. And then it's like, man, can, can we get to spring anytime soon? So I think we're still living in the exciting part, but yeah, I have a feeling that it it's coming. I February and March is going to be bad. Maybe that's yeah. just the, the pessimist Michigander in me <laughs> or the realist Michigander in me, but it's, uh, it's on its way. Um, but uh, how have your pursuits been? Let's let's kick right into that. It is the new year. Uh, we're a couple days into that, into 2024. Talk to me about your 2023. What were some of your pursuits, and were you successful? Did you have any like big highlights of your harvests this year? Yeah. Um, so one big highlight, I had some goals starting out the new year with, you know, my platform, um, just to mentor any new, new, um, hunters or fishermen. I think I set my goal at five, um, catch five new species of fish, get a black bear, um, kill a mature buck. I haven't killed a mature buck since 2017. Um, and so I had that in my mindset every year, obviously who doesn't want to kill a mature buck? Um, and then, of course, uh, my oldest is seven, and um, I got him at 22 for his uh, um, seventh birthday, and that was just to kind of get him to practice using a scope. 
and he set forth the own goal. I didn't put it out there, but he said, Dad, I want to shoot my my first deer on my own. I don't want you to help me because usually in the past I've, I've aimed and they've been able to shoot. Um, so he set forth that goal. And uh, this summer, uh, of course, caught a lot of different fish. Um, we caught, uh, I'm trying to think of the species of fish we caught. We caught a dogfish, which is a shark. Uh, perfect fish. We ate those. Uh, not poisonous, but they're amazing. If you've ever had those um, Northern Atlantic puffer fish, they, they are like the chicken of the sea. That's what we would catch them and we were throwing them back. We're like, what are these weird things? Your guys was like, man, I, I, I started throwing them back until I heard how good they were. And man, they taste like, like seriously, they taste like chicken. You can't taste oh, the fish. Um, yeah. So I think we call a stingray, um, a flounder. I can't remember what our fifth fish, oh, redfish or red drum. Um, so a lot of things we've knocked off on our bucket list, taking new fishermen out. Um, uh, one new hunter got his first deer this year. I was able to literally be right beside him, coaching it through. He shot it with a shot a doe with a crossbow, uh, and then kind of going back um, to teaching my son how to shoot the twenty two with the scope. Um, I had purchased a two forty three um, several years prior to a family friend, and that was the gun he was going to use. So he stair stepped using that twenty two, got comfortable using the scope, which it was difficult for him. Um, and then this summer we practiced with the two forty three. He was a little shy because of the um, the loudness, of course, still with um, earplugs, he still was a little scared. Um, but literally the day before the youth gun opener, which was September 23rd, I believe, this year. Um, so that Friday, we went to my mom and dad's and shot, and he was nailing it like bullseye, just putting yeah. one inch, two inch groupings, and like just boosted his confidence. Because during the summer and the spring, he still was, he, he is a perfectionist like his mom. Like when he was missing, he would get really mad and get discouraged. So, um, so it was good to see him get his spirits up. And then, um, he got his first buck and it was, I had my, uh, five-year-old to my left was in a two man. I was in the middle and my oldest was on my right and it was right at first light. Um, I knew it was a buck. We could see the body. And I was just talking to my son, can you see it? Can you see it? And he finally put the crosshairs on. I was like, just take your time, take your time, pick your spot. And pulled the trigger and the thing backflipped twice and was done in, you know, 10, 15 seconds. And it was probably the biggest highlight of my, uh, not season, but life. That was just an incredible experience. I can't so, even imagine. Yeah. I've, I got, yeah, I've got boys just like you. Let's 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 unpack that just a little bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. You had multiple sons in a blind with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I've struggled with just one in there. Uh, it, it, the one he had to go pee in the corner the one time and he fell over. He tripped over. A, uh, I had had to cut <laughs> a bunch of trees and he tripped over the little stub that I left. It was all these little saplings and we tripped over that into the blind and totally like opened it up it was like a magic trick like here we're just sitting in chairs he's laying on the ground i'm like no don't you put that back (laughs) we set that back up and um the other time and it's both it's been both with him he's it's hard for him to sit he's just a he's a mover and a shaker i think deer hunting is going to be difficult for him i think he's going to be my (laughs) he's going to be my ground and pound guy he's all the way you know moving all the time um but yeah he was like i'm bored i'm bored and he ended up busting a bunch of deer out the one side but here you had multiple kids in a blind he shoots his first is that his first deer is that his first buck first so by himself first deer um back to back two years um 
I've aimed and he's pulled the trigger um, just to get him excited about it. But this was his holding the gun on his own, the shooting rail, aiming with the scope, and then, you know, taking it taking it down. Wow. Any any yeah. rituals that you started with your boys after after that kill? Was there Hey, I, I'm gonna assist you gutting it, but yeah, but you got to run the knife. Did you do a little, a uh, uh, little blood on the cheeks? Did you did you have to bite the heart? I totally go any so anywhere since, with that. Since um, I know you've probably been dealing with it, and I didn't really think about it. Uh, not that blood on the face would do anything, but like I was thinking CWD all because it, it's now oh, hitting yeah. North Carolina. Of course, you guys have been dealing with it in out west, but. Um, normally with my college buddies, I'll have them bite the heart, (laughs) but, uh, we didn't do all that because of the, the CWD and all that, but I should have, um, but I didn't make them drag it and they made it all but about five feet. (laughs) (laughs) They, I tell you, they're always, they're they're excited about it until they feel the weight. And then you see that look on their face and they're like, I don't know, this is heavy. I don't, I don't want to do it. it. Yeah, no, I we're we have yet to do that in in our household yet. I'm I'm real excited about the. I think it's got some some heritage. Either it's it's in Europe, whether it's whether it's Scotland or whether it's uh, a Germany. But um, the successful hunter gets a wipe of blood on the cheek, and yeah. I, I'm I've been so excited that my boys have come and helped. Um, help drag deer with me. I've got them working with, uh, with knives now. So we're working on like how to keep, you know, where to keep the blade, how to, you know, if you don't want to get bloody, you cut toward a buddy, those little things and knives to people. And we've next year, I'm thinking is probably going to be the time that we're going to, you know, whether it be a crossbow, whether it's going to be a a 350 legend, something that maybe the oldest can take that out. But yeah, that's, that's something that I've, I've, I've been thinking about, and I, I didn't have, I had a different upbringing. I mean, we were always in the outdoors, but hunting was never a thing that we did growing up. The farm was always mm-hmm. our big thing for you. How did you, how did you and your family get started in the outdoors? Did, was this introduced to you by someone or did you take it upon yourself and do that adult onset hunter uh, story where you had to figure things out on your own? Uh, no, my dad, um, my dad taught all of us. There's, um, I have three brothers, one sister. I'm the youngest and, um, started us out on 22s, plinking, squirrel hunting. Um, and then he's just passed that down. And so my oldest and then my second, the second oldest and myself, we are very intense in hunting and fishing. Um, and you know, I've just since five and on, I've been obsessed with hunting um, my dad would take us on um, dove hunting trips. You know, that first um, dove hunting uh, is, is that first Saturday before Labor Day in North Carolina. And since, you know, five years old, I'd beg and cry and, and want to go. And, and um, I can't remember how old I was, but I was a little too young. But then I became the retriever. I think I was maybe maybe three and four is when I was whining about going. And I was still too young. And then five, I finally got to go and obviously not have a gun, but run around and, and, and chase and catch the, the doves that, that, that my brothers or my dad have shot. So um, hunting, it's been something that's passed down. Uh, I believe my dad's dad didn't really hunt much, but he had, you know, 22s and shotguns and maybe did small game hunting. And then on my, my, uh, my mom's side, I think my, my grandfather was a big fisherman, but also we have a lot of um, Indian, you know, ancestors and heritage. So 
I believe my mom always says, it's in your blood. I'm like, yeah, it is. I'm <laughs> thinking nonstop fishing and hunting. So there is a little snapshot of a snapshot of uh, my hunting uh, career in outdoorsman. Gotcha. From yeah, as early as you can remember, you wanted to be out there. What what is it about the outdoors? What is it about these these pursuits? Whether it be with a rod in your hand on the river, whether it be with a gun in your hand or a bow, what is it about the outdoors that that gets you excited or or brings you peace? What, what is it about being a sportsman that really? I mean, so so I'm a, you know I don't I don't know if you know I'm a believer and I see creation. You know, um, a lot of people are like you know if you're a hunter or you know how do you how do you kill animals? But like I feel like if you know most hunters, like we have a deep connection with nature. Um, it's not about just shooting an animal or killing an animal. It's the process. It's seeing it. Um, so I like waking up in a tree stand seeing the, everything wake up that is amazing to me and then fishing um feeling that tug on a pole um just everything about nature um i really love ah amen amen with the creation bit it is one of those when you see the woods come alive i don't think there's too many if, if you're not i don't want to say if you're not a hunter or angler that you haven't experienced that but it you you purposely have to put yourself in in the woods in the wilderness mm-hmm. to experience the woods waking up it is it's something that you know at, at one second you're just sitting in the dark and the next like every hole comes alive with uh, a bird yeah. or a squirrel and you see animal interactions that you don't you don't normally get to see unless it's like shoot i've seen things that you would only see on national geographic i have watched uh two raccoons duke it out on a branch and it's like i would never i would never experience that if i hadn't put myself there and it's i mean it was a comedy show you got these two fat furry things just mad because one's in a hole and one wants to be in the hole and you just watch this whole thing unfold in front of you or it's the squirrels all over the place coming alive and then shoot you've been standing there staring at that you know either horizon or bush or area and you think you've been looking for deer and they don't just they don't just walk up they they appear and it's one of those things like mm-hmm. can I did I just see what I thought I saw like it takes you a half a second to even realize what you're looking at that I I you hit the nail on the head that that is that is the beauty of creation that as you see it unfold man so so fun so fun to see that yeah and even if you don't, you know, if you're not religious or, you know, whatnot, um, for me also, the other side is, I feel like it's, you know, you know, we talk about mental health, uh, being outside is like so good for my body and my soul and my mind. Uh, my wife knows like when I get stressed with work or the kids, uh, my wife's is her, her mental health, uh, well, de-stressor is watching TV, but me, it's like outside pulling my hand. I don't even have to be hunting, but if I'm outside, like I just feel um, peaceful, you know? So that's one of the things I think it helps my mental health and keeps me grounded. Excellent. Excellent. Speaking of grounding, do you do the, the grounding? Do you walk around barefoot outside? I can't do it. I have such oh, a busy feet. That's a thing. You do it. So <laughs> growing up, so we grew up on a, a Christian community farm. Um, and apparently we used to run around. So we had gravel roads. Uh, we used to run around everywhere barefooted but i can't do that anymore i can't yeah. 
Oh, I even as a kid, I I had to wear like the the old ratty tennis shoes running around because it you know being on the farm there was yeah. tons of gravel everywhere. Our yard, uh, we took more we take care of the crops or of our, our cornfield, and the yard. I mean, it doesn't get uh, fertilized. It doesn't get. Uh, it just gets mowed every once in a while. So thistles are yeah. everywhere, and you yeah. know, one or two of those, you're done. You're wearing shoes for the rest yeah. of your life. And so yeah, the kid, my kids now, they're running around barefoot all throughout the woods, and I'm like, mm, nope. If I don't have boots, it's it's. <laughs> I'm stuck here. <laughs> I'm gonna tiptoe everywhere I need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, your your pursuits, Joe. Um, just like you said, like just the way that you find your relaxation, find your peace is, is through the outdoors. And then you've been able to capture that through, through YouTube, which you're bringing, you're essentially, you're just bringing an audience along on your pursuits. What gets you, what had you saying, Hey, I need to, I need to share this with the world. Where, where did that idea come from? And, and what, what's your why around creating a channel that you're now getting a chance to capture all of your pursuits outside. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, um, it'll, this will be a lot of rabbit holes, but um, there are several reasons. Um, I'll go with, you know, I believe life is short. Um, I've had uh, a few friends. Uh, I played college soccer. Um, a lot of strong connections. A lot of my college buddies that from that video you saw, we, you know, we played college soccer, and it's a core group of us that have um, stayed together since you know 2006, 2010 on. Um, we lost a really good friend, um, actually local to High Point, North Carolina. And, uh, once I had kids, it was, um, you know, I would always document with my phone, us going, our experiences catching fish and hunting. And, um, and then I was like, you know, if, if I leave this earth or if they leave this earth, um, at the end of the day, other than the other reasons of creating a YouTube and, and putting it out there on the internet, it's like my kids can see. Um, what they experience with their father or their mom or us having experiences. And then flip side, if, you know, for some reason um, I would lose them, um, I would be able to see those memories. Um, and, and that's one side. Um, the other side is, is, is just to promote diversity, um, to get more um, kids out, moms, dads, families. Um, so, I, I you know, I, I don't consider myself as like, look at me, this is what I'm doing. It's more so like, like you can do what I'm doing. You can go to Walmart on the cheap side of things and, and go fishing or get into hunting, reach out to me. I'm not an expert. I'm not a pro. I'm just here having fun and enjoying myself. And I want you to come with me. So that's kind of really the reason it's just creating content to inspire people to get outside, whether it's, you know, I do a lot of hiking, waterfall sightseeing, of course, hunting, fishing. So um, that's pretty, pretty, the, pretty much the main reason. Um, of why I document and, and put that out there. You mentioned earlier too, like one of your goals was to take new hunters and to take new people who haven't experienced yeah. that, to take those into the woods. Um, I mean, th- the, the second video that I watched of yours is you took a gentleman out uh, to get his first deer. He took it with a crossbow. And yeah. in that video, you're, you're you know coaching him through what he needs to do. Uh, high point of the story, I guess I'm going to give away the cliffhanger. Dude smokes it, and you guys yeah. walk, you get to track right up on that deer. Taking out new people, that's that's got to be so encouraging, especially in a, 
you would think that North Carolina would have, I mean, North Carolina does have a rich hunting and sportsman uh, culture that's there. But to continue to say, hey, I'm going to find three people this year. I'm going to find five people this year. Like, what a service to hunting and fishing. Do you have a you have a mindset you go with these guys or is guys and gals, or is it like just per basis, they'll tell you, this is what I want to do. And all right, Hey, let's, let's jump on board. Let's try that out. What's your approach with that? Um, it's, so, you know, everyone can say social media is a, you know, blessing and a curse, but I look at it as a, you know, both obviously, but a blessing. Um, again, we can go into a lot of rabbit holes, like my, my bear hunt experiences we can talk about, I met a random guy on Facebook and we had kids and we, you know, it was a hunting group that we met. And I think we did a side measures and we talked about fishing and locations, trout fishing in, in Western North Carolina. And he was like, Oh, this is where I live. He's like, we should go fishing together. Um, and we ended up, uh, we never met ever. And he invited me on a, my first hound hunt last year. Well, technically, well, 2023, um, no, sorry, 2022. Um, and I had never met him before. It sends me a pin location to the middle of nowhere. My wife's like, you're crazy. Like, you don't even know this guy. So, like, I got to meet, you know, good down-to-earth um, country guy from the mountains. I met his mom and his dad out in the middle of nowhere. And they're kind of explaining what was going to go on the hunt. Uh, but that's just kind of guy. I'm, I'm no stranger. And uh, I've made connections on Facebook. So, I've had mutual friends reach out to me like, hey, I got a friend that wants to get into hunting. That was that sur- that um, example with surf. He um, had bought a cross- crossbow, but had never hunted. He shot it before, but he didn't have anything. He didn't have camo. He didn't have broadhead. So, like, we're literally never met, connected on Instagram, and I'm messaging back and forth. This is what you need. Go to Bass Pro Shops or whatever, Academy. Get this, get that. Make sure you practice. Literally, we meet for the first time going to go hunting in pitch black, and he's like, I'm just proud that he took the the leap of faith to come and meet me out there. But those are the kind of scenarios, nothing really planned other than making connections and a plan to go out um, is what I've done since um, high school, you know, all the way till now it's, it's taken um, people that have a peak interest in just investing in them. And I get joy out of seeing their success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sportsman's only. I feel like that's you should be an ambassador for <laughs> sportsman's only. <laughs> Just meet yeah. up at different yep. places and get them in there. Um, yeah. When you're talking with these new hunters, uh, what's their focus as far as are they looking mm-hmm. to just accomplish this as a hey check this off the list, or are you seeing a motivation whether it be they want to make this a lifestyle or are they looking for, you know, people talk about how good this meat is and mm-hmm. yeah, see a lot of emphasis on the hunt itself or is it, is it food driven? What do you, what do you think? Um, it is. So it's um, several guys at sustenance and they want to harvest, you know, wild meat and then go through the whole process. It's like, again, it's never, it's not always about the kill. It's about what happens after it's, you know, how do you process an animal? People want to know how to do that. They want to know different cuts of meat. You know, how do you um, break down a ham? How do you make jerky? How do you make burger? Um, so I've met a lot of those guys that have um, just, you know, take it and run with it. Uh, one of my bu- good buddies, Corey, he, he, we met in a, we met a mutual fan at a, bar and he was like you hunt black people don't hunt he's a he's a black guy and we've just made connections he shot his i was with him when he not with him but i literally got him up in a tree 
and was like, this is what's going to happen. You're gonna, you might see a deer, you might not. This is where you shoot it. And he shoots one. Um, and this was 2014. Now, fast forward, um, he moved out to Oregon, but he's back. He, I think he tried to hunt in Oregon. Um, he met a few friends and hunted, uh, but then he came back um, and he made a goal to um, kill his first deer with a, with a bow. And now he's like a bow fanatic. Like he's got his own bow press, but he's had two Matthews bows and he's just dialed in. And then he's also made connections with friends that have seen me and seen himself hunt. And they're like, I want to get into that. Um, so just creating opportunities for hunters is, you know, what I've gotten into. And I've met people from work that I'm, they're like, what are you eating? What do you, what do you like? I'm eating jerky. Like you eat deer meat. What is that? So it's just, um, anytime it, it just comes up in natural conversation. So, um, anytime that someone piques an interest, um, I've got a guy that started, um, uh, he, I think he kind of recognized that I hunted and I took him on a rabbit hunt last year and he bought a shotgun, met us out for the dove hunt. I haven't been able to get a deer hunting because our schedules haven't come together, but he's a new hunter and now he wants to fish. So, um, that's just the whole gambit is I'm excited about getting new hunters and, Obviously, when you look at the facts, you know, our numbers are decreasing, even though we did see a big um, dip up during the pandemic because everyone was bored. But um, I'm all about hunter recruitment, fishermen, anglers, just getting more people outside. It's just helpful for me, I, mean, I think, for the heritage and the tradition. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to You got to use it or we lose it. Uh, we got to yep. continue to show people what this community is all about and what our lifestyle is all about. Because otherwise, I mean, we're getting less and less numbers. Not too many people yeah. are going to be open to letting us just run around the woods and shoot things if, yeah. if doing it incorrectly or there's just not enough people. So hats off to you being able to to get new people out there. Um, I'm in the middle of Michigan, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm open to, to taking new people out. And I've had a couple, oh, I want to try that. And then like last minute, like, oh, I'm kind of busy. I, you know, I can't make it happen. But <laughs> Every yeah, our public land yeah. man. It's around every tree you're gonna find an, a man in orange. So it's you got to be real sneaky about your spots on on where you're going if it's on gonna be on public land or you got to have a good buddy with private. <laughs> it depends on what you want. Oh yeah, Michigan is is that where the Orange Army originated? Or was that Wisconsin? Oh, it's all kind of that uh, uh, northern area. Yes, I, yeah. I share a lot of pe the same passions like with uh, with Pennsylvania, with Michigan, with. Uh, Minnesota and with Wisconsin, you know, that the, the good old days of, they call it like, yeah, the orange army, the million man March out to the woods and, you know, no <laughs> yeah. one would get hurt. And now it's, you know, maybe a 200,000 man <laughs> army. We're still there. We're still big, but, uh, it's, it, it is a fun, it's, well, that's where all the deer camp comes from. And yeah, that really gets, I don't want to say that really gets me excited, but when it comes to big game hunting, or at least with, with deer hunting, a lot of it, there's there's solitude in it. There in in uh, ambush hunting anyway. There's solitude. There's you need to be still. You need to be. I don't want to say one with the the woods, but you need to disappear into that. You need to have the woods think that you're not not there or that you're just yeah. part of of creation at that point. And that takes that takes a lot of effort. And for some, that's that's tough. But at the same time, to be able to get out of the tree and go to camp. And talk to talk to your fellas that are there on what you saw, what you did, what was what was funny about your set, what was what was awesome about your set. When our you know, me and my crew, when we're when we're all hunting, 
you know, we, we've got a group text going. And part of the time mm-hmm. you got to learn, like, put the phone down because I'm giggling as, as we're going back and forth with texts. But someone shoots a deer and we just trying to figure out who's, who can be there tonight. Who was it? Who can get away yeah. from the who can get away from the family to be able to go drag this. And then it's, uh, if, if I'm stuck at home with the kids, cause the wife's got something to do, I hope someone else can go. And I, I hope they send me pictures. I want to know the details. I want to know what you yeah. got. I want to know the drag. I want to know all that about it. And that is, I think that's a huge part of, of, of what it's all about. It can be very, a lot of solitude, but at the same time, there's a, there, there's a coming together. There's camaraderie. There's yeah. Yes. And, so that's where I think like that, it. that gun season, wearing orange, everybody comes back to camp. You can't, you, you just can't ignore it. It's just, it's very powerful. It's very, I don't know, it, it's a very human thing. Yeah. Dry aged steaks used to be a steakhouse only indulgence. An old world charcuterie was pricey due to being imported or created at a small batch specific scale. Thanks to Umai Dry, their synthetic dry aging bags and cases allow you to create these meat crafting treats in your own kitchen. Working in tandem with your fridge, the Umai Dry bag material allows moisture and air to pass through, making it possible to dry age large cuts of steaks or roasts. Paired with their curing and seasoning kits, along with safe and easy to follow instructions, salamis and dry sausage are well within your grasp. Use the link in the show notes and sign up for the newsletter to receive 10% off your order. Umai Dry, helping us elevate our wild game from the home kitchen. So we've talked a little bit about what you did in 2023. You got some big stuff under your belt. Bear. Yeah, yeah. I just tasted bear for the first time uh, this past, actually it was, um, it was in October, uh, a friend of mine in Pennsylvania took a bear down, and because he's been he's been asking me questions like, "Have you cooked bear? Have you eaten bear? I need I need some help with the bear." And I'm like, "Bud, I I haven't touched it. I can tell you what to do with lean meat. I can tell you kind of mm-hmm. if, if it relates to venison. And I've been wanting to get a little bit more diverse in what which meats I'm I'm partaking in. I want to be knowledgeable in that." And he says, yeah. "You know what? If I get a bear, I'm going to send some to you." And so, shoot, I got a big freezer box that came in the mail. I got a haunch, and I got uh, a backstrap, and I Ooh. had some sausage. So, I mean, he nice. he hooked me up. He got me everything awesome. I needed off this. The leg is still frozen currently. It needs to get thawed out. I was going to play with it. Um, but I wanted to get a chance just to to feel or just to see that texture of that bear. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks super rich it looks rich yeah like, yeah it looks yeah. like an amazing amount there's not a lot of fat on it i think because of the shipping mm-hmm. he was like i'm gonna take off the fat and i'm gonna just get you the lean but again the stores of fat that are on these things the quote unquote i, I mean just the unique flavor that i think that i got off at least the backstrap i went with a simple uh preparation with that um i'm not very uh i don't know a lot about parasites in the bear world but i was definitely knowing like yes i need to be careful of this so i took it to 137 i used a sous vide uh for the backstrap but i took it for one to 137 Uh, i gotta do that oh yeah buddy that worked out never done that that's on the next but that's on the bucket list that's on the bucket list 
I tell yeah. you what, they're cheap now. You can get one for under a hundred bucks, and I use my stock pot. You slide that thing in, gets that that rolling. You can set that temp. I had that uh, that back strap. I sealed it in a bag. Um, I think it was just butter, oil, and that was my fat element that it was going to basically uh, baste in, or excuse me, not ba- well, baste in, and at the same time braise in. But I just did salt, pepper, garlic, rosemary. Went super simple. That's all you need. I want. Yeah. I want to taste the bear. I don't want to cover up the bear. I want to taste it for what it is. And mm-hmm. did that up in the sous vide, got to 137. Uh, it wasn't necessarily all like a half a day. I bet you it was a good four hours that I had it rolling in that. Uh, pulled that out. We got to our, our camp with my buddies. And all I did was on the grill, just put a quick sear on it just to add some color, just to add some char, slice that thing up. And I tell you what, it was, it was quite it was quite mild in mm-hmm. sort of off flavor that I would get. Yeah. Just like it was a piece of wild meat. That's my best description to it. As far as it was very similar to venison, but at the same time, its own uniqueness. It's own. It wasn't yeah. Amy. It wasn't off putting. It was just plain delicious. And that's, yeah, that's the big thing that I think that, that people get with bear is so polarizing. I people mm-hmm. hear stories about bears. A, they're gonna a they're gonna come after you, or B, we need to you know protect them and cuddle them because they're all teddy bears. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer: Don't do that. They <laughs> they'll tell you they'll tell you right up front. Don't approach a bear. Um, but what was your reaction to hunting those bears? And you you were hunting with hounds at that point. Yeah. Talk about your bear hunt a little bit. Talk about your experience with bringing that animal down. Wow, it was it was. An, I'll kind of back up to the first hunt. Um, again, I'd never met this guy. Uh, Message on Facebook, sends me a pin. Meet us here. Um, so I meet his parents, and his parents tell me um, of how the hunt would go. And this is again, it's pitch black early in the morning. Like we're gonna drop the dogs. Um, they're watching on GPS. I get my own walkie. Um, so they said, you know, we'll radio, you know, if we, you know, they're on a hot track and you can hear the difference in the bark. What's really cool when they're on the GPS collars, um, they, they're reading the barks per minute. So, um, you know, the guy that, I, you know, befriended, he knows when there's a lot there or a hot track based on how many times the, the, the dog's barking. So that reports right. on the GPS. So they were telling me about that and literally still pitch back. I'm like, drive down this road, turn left, take a right. And sit there. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So I did that, and it's still pitch black. And, um, you know, I get out and park my car and, like, you know, just sit, just sit on the road. Um, go about 200 yards across your car and just sit on the road and just, you know, listen to the walking. Um, so I'm just – I've got a shotgun with slugs and buckshot, and then I've got uh, my 270 uh, just in case it crosses in front. Um, but, you know, he said there's – several ways that you know they get the bear um with hounds so um down east it's really thick and they have a lot of um i can't think of the correct word uh, a lot of uh tracks um so you've got you know just think of um rectangular tracks and then roads um on each side and um kind of cut up that way so everyone's on their own little track um and they drop the dogs and of course if they find a bear it's going to get pushed um and it can go across your lane or track and be a rifle um, that's a good time to shoot it because um, a lot of times they're not moving too fast. And then uh, that's what happened on the my second hunt. Um, so my second hunt, um, 
was at a game land and you know you couldn't drive on the tracks it was park at the gate and he was like walk a mile and i'm like what <laughs> walk a mile and i'm like you know i've never experienced bear hunting so i'm like okay i'm walking a mile and pitch black and there's bears out here and this was um we have um alligators this so this is called um alligator river game land and i was like you know we have alligators in north carolina but they're mostly in south carolina but like, I, was, I was texting i was like hey uh, I know it's swampy. Are there alligators? Like, yeah, but they won't bother you. It's too cold. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you got swamps on each side, and you've got your green grass uh, game land um, trail. So I went about 200, 300 yards, and I could hear the dogs. So it's daylight now, um, first light, and I can hear the dogs. And I'm, um, they're on my right side, um, and I'm hearing them for like five minutes straight. They're not moving. Uh, there was a moment where like I was just staying even with them. And they stayed stood still for about five minutes. And I said, on the walk, I said, hey, these got, the, the dogs are, you know, they're not moving. They're kind of right here for about five minutes. And Trevor goes, you know, don't worry about it. I think they're on a hot track. Um, just keep going a little bit more. Um, in hindsight, if I would have stayed there, I would have shot the bear when it crossed. So I kept going maybe another 200 yards past that point. And um, I can still, so I'm probably 500, 600. I can still see the orange or reflectors on the uh, game land gate. Um, and I see my buddy drive like reverse into the gate and I look to my, look, you know, turn and look at the um, gate and I see him and then I look back down away from him and then I look back and I see a black figure standing in the path, just like one paw up looking at me. And I'm like, uh, that's a bear. <laughs> so like I pull up my rifle. Obviously I can't shoot cause he's right there at the gate. He's out of his. He was out of his truck, but I couldn't see him. You know, of course, we're wearing orange, being safe. There were other hunters on each track. Um, as far as safety reason, we knew where everyone was. So the bear um, takes like two bounds, and he's on the edge. Um, I had a safe shot. Um, I didn't realize how far it was, so I just let it rip. Um, with I had a two forty three, and I had the shotgun, um, but a clear miss. He actually shot too with his forty five seventy. Um, we shot pretty much at the same time. He didn't know I shot, but I shot first, and I heard his. Um, so we miss, or we thought, someone says, I thought I heard a hit. Um, so then you see the hounds, the hounds run across and they're after it, jumping in the swamp. Um, and then you hear another shot. So the next group of hunters, um, they miss the bear. And I don't know if you've seen the video. I Trevor goes, let's go, let's go. So I'm sprinting. He's sprinting right behind him. I got the GoPro going. And then we jump in the truck and then we, we um, cut two tracks over. Um, and then we cut in and get on the trail, the game land trail. Um, and we're walking, we're walking probably about 500 yards. And he's like, they have it, they have it bait. And I'm like, okay. Um, so the other ways that you get a bear, they bay it in the tree. So, um, the, literally he'll talk about trees this big around and it's a 400, 500 bear, top 500 pound bear, just swaying on top of the just tree. Hanging so that's from. what I'm at. Yeah, so that's what I'm imagining that's happening. I'm like, okay, that's safe. I'll shoot it out of the tree. That's a little bit better. But um, he looks at me and says, they have it bait on the ground. And I look at him. And I'm like, okay. So he's like, all right, we're going in. And I'm like, I had to like psych myself. It's like, we're doing this. Like, this is happening. This is actually happening. So uh, you've got to watch the video. So I don't know what kind of grass it is, but it's, it's 10 feet high. So this grass it's in, in the pines. That, yeah. Yeah, it's 10 feet. It kind of looks like bamboo, um, but really skinny, and you can push it up. But it literally, it looks like bamboo, but it's very flexible like grass. Um, so we're going through that. It's it's You get patches of clearness here and there, and then 
we're 300 yards in. We're getting closer to the dogs. You can hear they're not moving. And it is like five yards of visibility, what you can see. Like, so I'm right behind him and we're crouching down looking and we're within 20 yards of where we think the bear is and where the birds and it goes silent. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this is real. So he says, so I didn't know what was going on. He says, when it's silent, that means the dog, the hounds are fighting. Like, you know, they're, when they're barking, they're barking, they're kind of jawing at it. But whenever it's silent, it's kind of a little bit more serious. That means the dog, the bear's fighting um, and they're, you know, dodging it. So that was quiet. And then all of a sudden, um, I hear, and me and him, like, we're, it's again thick. And we all of a sudden turn like this and just waiting, like, what's coming? And then a dog comes out. And then so we move a little bit further and we get within, I think, 15 yards. I can't see it. I'm right behind Trevor. He takes his shot because he's worried about the dogs getting, you know, swiped because that, that unfortunately happens. So he gets a good hit on it, and then I go in five yards and shotgun, take him out with slugs, and it was the most insane experience of my life. And wow. dogs are all around the bear. We're screaming. We're congratulating each other. Everyone's on the walk. We're like, did you get it? Yeah, we got it. Um, just an incredible experience. And then. And the work starts here. It's like, oh, we just went in 500 yards in the thick. How do we get this bear out? Um, so, you know, it was a big family affair. That's what's cool about, um, you know, hound hunting. I know there's a lot of um, negativity around it. But, what I, you know, obviously there's negativity or, or, or bad apples in every part of, of hunting. You know, whether it's um, still hunting, stand hunting, saddle hunting. Um, so hound hunting is 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 um, there's a lot of arguments online about it in North Carolina. So eastern part of the state allows deer hunting with hounds and bear hunting. Um, so for them, it's a family affair. These dogs are like their kids, um, but uh, they bring their kids along. They bring their you know moms, dads. Um, so there was about a group of, I think, 20 of us. that. Um, so I stayed with the bear. They went to get a sled, and um, we ended up sledding it out. And then um, Phil Dressen and I, took a three and a half hour drive home to, um, you know, take it to my processor. Cause I wanted to, you know, obviously I do process, um, on my own. Um, I like to typically when I'm deer hunting, I typically get two process in the burger and sausage. Um, and then one I'll keep and break it down and either do jerky and, and roast and all that stuff. But, um, I got the bear made into bear, uh, to sausage burger, uh, roast on the ham and of course the, you know, tenderloin and backstrap. So that was my first, so second bear hunt. And, you know, apparently it's, I had really good luck to be able to shoot a bear on my second hunt. That is, it was about three, three twenty five, which is pretty big for North Carolina. Um, we actually have, um, I don't, I'm not going to say world record, but we have, I think the biggest that we have is around eight eighty is the record in North Carolina. And it might be world record. Don't quote me on that. But down east in North Carolina is known for um, giant black bear. Like, they're huge. That is, I can't even imagine. Almost a thousand pound animal. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. That can climb a tree. <laughs> a thousand pound yes. animal. Yes. That can run as fast as you, can climb faster than climb you. A tree. Oh, man. <laughs> That's yeah. an epic story. And, uh, and that that one you said you took to the to the processor and him had it made yep. into into that stuff of of what you've eaten thus far what have you enjoyed the most uh, i don't i think it's cuz i've you know i've only made i've made 
uh, sausages with, you know, eggs. That was great. Tasted pretty much, you know, didn't have that pork flavor, but it just had its own flavor. And it was, it was um, hearty. I loved it. And then I did the burger. I liked the burger was very, you know, obviously you had to cook it well done. I'm a medium rare kind of guy, but um, cooked it well done. And it was just, just rich in flavor, um, greasy. Um, so I really liked the cheeseburger. Um, I made a roast as well. I could not, I mean, obviously I eat a lot of wild game, but I couldn't taste the difference between a beef pot roast and the bear roast. So, um, I'm excited about doing other dishes, but the cheeseburger has been my favorite so far. Excellent. Excellent. Do, does wild game, do you, do you have to, like you were just talking the bear, you love that. Do you feel like you got to dress up? a lot of wild game or does the quote unquote gaminess ever steer you away? Are you like, ah, no, bring in the ketchup, bring in the barbecue sauce. Cause I got to mix this up. Or is it, do you like to taste the animal for what the animal is? I love the, I love the taste animal. Um, and I know we'll, we'll segue into cooking. Um, drift growing up, my dad did simple roast and jerky and, and, you know, fried backstrap. Uh, wrapped in bacon, um, those things. And um, again, you don't have to do much to a backstrap. You salt, pepper, and garlic in a cast iron skillet is probably my favorite way. And it's just so simple. That's all it needs. But then just lately in the last year, I've just, you know, Instagram's got all the, you know, the food reels. I've been like, man, I want to try these different dishes in wild game. It doesn't need it, but I'd like to try it. So that's what I've been doing the last past year is just trying new things and getting outside of the box of the traditional, which is not long at all. It doesn't need anything special. It tastes amazing in its own way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't agree with you more. Can't agree with you more. Um, so that brings us to the crescendo of my show, and that is the yeah. two-dish breakdown. So, Joe, on this two-dish breakdown, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw you uh, two scenarios, and you get to take them whichever way you'd like. Only criteria is we're going to keep it wild game. We're going to keep it with the harvests that you've gotten from these animals that you've taken it down. And shoot, from the sounds of it, you got deer, you got squirrel, you got bunch of fish in here rabbit rabbit you got a lot of species under your belt that you could apply to these so i'm excited to see what you come up with first one it's a softball so we're we're just going to warm you up a little bit slow pitch here meat treat something that you like to share with others what is your go-to shareable oh it's jerky yeah i'm the jerky plug it's 100 percent Everyone, you know, every, you know, I work in retail and I've worked three different retailers and it's like, what are you eating? And they're like, I want to try that. And I'm like, this is incredible. So jerky is definitely the meat treat. Like I'm known for a really good, delicious jerky. And anytime I post a picture, my non-hunting friends that, you know, don't participate, like, oh, it's jerky time. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, being the jerky guy, that's a great spot to be with the grain or against the grain. Do you like a chewy, hard, you got to rip on it for a while, or is it more of the the soft, folly of party jerky? Uh, I like the, I like it, uh, I like the chewy jerky. I don't know why, I just like the, I like the chewy jerky. I don't like it soft. Gotcha. I, uh, yeah. in high school, a uh, bunch of my buddies thought they were cool. Everybody was doing dips. Everybody was putting tobacco mm-hmm. on the lip. Um, 
I tried to do that. Uh, it just make me. It just get me sick. I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. But yeah. having jerky and having it craw or cut lengthwise with it, I could take that. I could rip on it, and then I could still have the, you know, the the depression in my lips. So I felt like yeah. Cool, but yeah, I'm totally <laughs> yeah. jerky at that at that moment. Um, what's your? Uh, is it? Do you like to go the sweet and spicy? Do you like to go more savory with the cracked pepper? I don't, I don't need all your secrets, but tell me a, a recipe that seems to be your. Ooh, go-to. so and it's, there's, ooh, there's three, and I think every year I like put a different spin, but there's always a two. It's pretty much like a barbecue, and then a sweet and spicy, and then I've kind of reached out and done like a, a Caribbean jerk, which was really good. Um, so I would probably say sweet and spicy is my favorite. Um, I believe the barbecue. Sorry, I do four. I've done. Caribbean jerk, uh, sweet and spicy barbecue, and then a really, really, really hot. Um, I'll put like Carolina Reaper in there, and I have a couple guys to like bring on the heat. Um, <laughs> but my favorite is probably sweet and spicy. Nice, yes, that's a good one. You get a, get the best of both worlds on that. I'm a chipotle yeah. sucker, like that smoked jalapeno oh. stuff. Oh, I I've got a recipe. Yeah. I actually stole it from uh, Hank Shaw, I, and that's my that's my go to. Tons of chipotle in it, garlic. Oh yeah, you get all that. That's goodness. It's good. Now we're talking. Oh, we have to try that out. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a go-to, man. That's my, that's my favorite. All right, this one gets a little bit more detailed, but it's also there's a little more weight to this one. This is the okay. date night. This is date night. This is where you're having to serve your good stuff up. Kids are gone. They're they're off to grandma and grandpa. Okay. They're off to friend's house. It's just you and the misses, and you're at home. It's a Wednesday, so it's Wild Game Wednesday, from what I understand. And oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you need to bring out something that's going to set the mood. You want the right mood, but at the same time, yeah, we're ke- we're keeping it we're keeping it wild with the Wild Game. What's your approach? All what right. are you making? So, so I'm, I hate to break it, but my wife does not like Wild Game. Oh, but let's just say it's a let's just say it's a date night for myself. There you go. <laughs> or a friend that loves Wild Game. I'm gonna go with braised shanks. I, I think it's three, four years ago. Well, I've started cooking them four years ago, and I usually, you know, toss them or, um, you know, jerky pow, or you know, but it's a tough meat. But braised shanks, um, braising them, putting some shallots, some garlic. Um, trying to think of my recipe: red wine, tomato paste. Um, you can add mash- mushrooms if you like those. Add the red wine. Um, some balsamic vinaigrette put them that's everything put the shanks back in there and put in the oven for about a couple hours 325 and they are just fall apart tender um and then of course serve them with whatever you like but mashed potatoes so that is my go-to just melt that shank whenever it's cooked right and just melts in your mouth tender oh man joe you've You've hit my heart. That's that's my favorite. Cut. See, I love shanks. We had a bro date night. You can uh, see you can take me on a date whenever <laughs> you'd like, Joe. <laughs> if shanks to your house, I'm there. I'm in. <laughs> so it's used, but so it's funny. So my wife, my wife doesn't, you know, eat wild game. She'll eat sh- fried shrimp, um, and if I caught it, she probably wouldn't eat it. Um, but my kids, I guess you can say, my kids are always excited about eating something different. So I have a date night with my kids. That's great. That's great. Well, mm-hmm. Joe, this has been an 
awesome discussion. I have, I have really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with you uh, just about your channel on uh, YouTube, how you've been able to bring new people into, into the sport, into the fraternity of hunting and fishing, and how you've been able to share that with, with your kids and with your family and how much that means to you. This has been a, a very fun hour. Where can my listeners continue on uh, following you? Where can they join in in the, uh, in the, in the Joe Jones saga? Where can we find you and how can we join in? Um, so the outdoors in color um, underscore um, on Instagram. I post a lot of short form content there. Um, obviously on Facebook. So same content there. Um, TikTok a little bit more short content, some, some humor in those posts as well. Um, and then YouTube, we do a lot of long form content. So um, adventures with my kids, new hunters, um, rabbit hunting, bear hunting, um, gonna have some duck hunts on there um and yeah so youtube short long form content um instagram facebook and tiktok short form content if you want to um search us the outdoors in color on all those platforms awesome awesome i will try to find uh some of those links too especially the uh the youtube channel i'll put that in the show notes so people can quickly get a hold of that well joe hold on for just a second as i let my listeners on out Folks, I hope you enjoyed uh, this this past discussion. I know I really have. Um, really just getting into uh, Joe and how he really brings a new spirit, a bright spirit, into the hunting and fishing world where he's sharing his adventures. He's going on epic hunts, chasing down bear, and then sharing that with his kids. Or you get to see his kids get a chance to catch fish either on a, on a spinning reel or even on a fly rod like it is a very neat experience so if you're looking to get excited about the outdoors head on over to his channel and check that out but folks yeah this has been just an awesome time if you plan on getting out and doing a bear hunt or if it's just going to be you heading out to the stream and being able to just hook some fish make sure that you do bring a knife with you and make sure that that knife is very sharp.